0: I'm Dion Kirby, and this is When I Got Here. Untold Immigrant Stories, a podcast from Literacy Achieves. At Literacy Achieves, we provide English literacy programs for immigrant and refugee families in Dallas, Texas. Our students come to us from all over the world. We celebrate them and what they bring to our country. When I Got Here tells stories of immigrant journeys to the United States, why they left their homelands and the lives they are making here.
1: I'm Byron Harris. This is a story about mothers, children, and language. Jabin Zaidi speaks five languages. Each one, she's learned, is a bridge into a different culture, a way to fight the loneliness of cultural separation, a tool for economic survival. Language is a pathway for immigrants towards survival in a new country. Proficiency among mothers and children can mean the difference between failing and flourishing in a new home. Jabin was born in Karachi, Pakistan. Her mother moved to England when she was very young. She's been a newcomer in three countries. She had only to look to her parents to see what communication can mean. Her father had skills in a key language. Her mother did not and when the family moved to england she watched her mother withdraw into herself because she could not speak english my mom was petrified she never left our
2: little home she just she went through a whole stage i, I was young but i remember really depressed and down and um, she had suicidal thoughts and my my sis my older sister tells me she thinks she really did try mm because she was just... She'd wait till we got back from school to even just take her down to the little laundromat down the road. She didn't know the alphabet or English, so what do you do? You, You don't even know how to run the laundry machine. I think she was a fairly strong woman till we came to England, and then her whole world fell apart.
1: It was a very sad sight, actually, to see this. Jabin's father, on the other hand, spoke Portuguese. My dad
2: wanted a better life, to make more money. He had an idea, and he knew he had to go somewhere else to fulfill those ideas and dreams. So he had been working. He had been a salesperson for... Watches, And he was selling not just now to Pakistan, India, and then also to a Portuguese colony called Goa in India. So he spoke fluent Portuguese. So he had heard that there was a new kind of watch had been discovered called the quartz, which we all wear right Mm. now. But everybody was too scared to manufacture it or go Mm. into it. So that's why he borrowed some money, took us to England. From England, he borrowed some more money, (laughs) made some contacts in Switzerland, and he got somebody to manufacture some quartz watches,
1: and he practically sold them door to door to door. At home in London, a wave of immigration from India and Pakistan to Great Britain was just beginning. About 25 years earlier, the British Empire gave India its independence, forming Pakistan in the process. As the British Empire disintegrated, Jabin and her siblings felt the backlash.
2: In those days, actually, there were very, very few people who had started coming over, so we were considered, like, strange and odd and different, so people were always looking at us. I went to a local, they call them government schools there, like our public school system. And my brother and I, we were little and my brother was a year younger than me. We were just beaten up every day. Beaten arms, knees, pulp, just because we were different. It was horrible. and. The sad part was we didn't want to tell my mom, so we just tell her every day we fell down because she doesn't. She doesn't speak a word of English. What was she going to do? It was nothing mm-hmm.
1: she could do. But Jabin's mother began learning English and changed the course of her life. She went to a
2: school just similar to a, a literacy achieve school that we found for her. And it was a struggle, but she was persistent. She used to bring things home and we'd help her to do it. Once she spoke English, we, we joked, she started chopping like, <laughs> and finding you know, to my dad's despair, she found Harrods. But after learning English, she became a tough, strong woman. And she was determined that, you know, we were all going to be something.
1: And her mother could resume the role of prodding her kids through school. When
2: she learned English, she was huh. determined. Mm-hmm. In fact, we still didn't have much money in those days. We kind of lived in this little house with one bathroom. There were eight of us, six siblings, and mom, dad. Wow. And she started putting some money aside, I think, In England, I know we, I got a, they call it a, I guess, like here you get loans, there you get an outright grant Mm. if your parents don't Mm -hmm. have money to go to university, but you still like, I, I did undergrad in London where they lived, but my MBA I did up in the north of England. It's my mother who pushed me to do my MBA. She would save her pennies or whatever she could find to send me, I remember, like 10 pounds. 10 pounds a week she would send me, which was enough to let me eat. My diet was eggs and cabbage. That's all I ate. When I was doing my MBA, I ate eggs and cabbage for a whole year. That was the cheapest food out there. I,
1: I don't mind eggs and cabbage because yeah. it, was, it was a good, you know, it, it got me what I needed. Master's degree in hand, she was ready to enter commerce and learn the tough realities of the business world. After I did my MBA
2: and I got my first job, I actually went back to Pakistan because I wanted to know a bit about my, my roots. So I did get a job. I got a job at a pharmaceutical company In marketing it was a very tough experience being a woman it was awful awful I was the boss of a lot of men I was heading one of their marketing divisions everybody who reported to me was men and there were a few women secretaries who didn't like me either so there'd be a lunch table There were lunch tables, we had a cafeteria, so you could either sit with the women secretaries or the men managers. So every day I'd kind of walk in and think, (laughs) oh my god, which one's going to be less bad for me? Then I started bringing a sandwich and eating at my desk. I actually managed, I'll be honest, I tried. Thought, I you can do this. You can make friends with some of these Mm -hmm. men. But, you know, I learned a bit about cricket and thinking Mm -hmm. I'll get in with it. But I think I did about a year and four months. So I came back to England, got married and came here. Straight to Dallas. The excitement of coming here. I was Mm -hmm. literally expecting everyone with cowboy hats and boots, but they weren't there. I dreamed even Mm -hmm. as a little girl. Living in Karachi, I never thought somehow of going to England. My life was always one day, I want to go live in America. I remember Mm. getting that first, I guess that was the first little black and white TV that came on our street. Things on it were American. (laughs) Mm. I remember watching silly things like Beverly Hillbillies and what's that woman? Green Acres and, you know, all these kind of things. Mm. And that's what dreams are made of. And I think still to this day, if you go to Pakistan or any of those places, people still dream
1: of America
2: as being the place to fulfill your dreams.
1: Reality, however, was not a sitcom. It was a
2: world even from England to here was a totally different world. I didn't know anyone. I think I cried for the first year I was here. Mm no friends. I didn't know where to start. I didn't know what to do. It was lonely because I also remembered it's the other side of the road driving here from England. So I was too scared to go even drive down the road. And when I did, I'd suddenly find myself on the wrong side of the road or I would get lost and then I'd just head back home again. The family unit she'd grown up with did not exist here. In Pakistan, everybody's together, aunts, uncles, cousins, people drop into each other's homes without calling. You have, nobody thinks if your mother or mother-in-law, grandfather, grandmother sick, they all just stay in the house and you look after them, no question. In fact, my mother tells me, like, where she lived in India. Her father and the three brothers all lived in a kind of... There's a central courtyard, and then Mm -hmm. each side, one of the brothers and all the kids Mm -hmm. lived, and all the kids played in the middle. A lot of the immigrants who come here is that there's just no family life anymore, and... Mm. Um, that's very tough, and people are surprised that I have such a great relationship with my kids. I mean, we have, actually have a meal once a week.
1: At age 64, she has two boys, a girl, and a granddaughter. Life is better for them here, she says, than it might have been in England or Pakistan. 100 percent, gosh, it was absolutely wonderful. If you are smart here,
2: I think you can get places. you got to be smart. You work hard. And I remember, I remember telling my boys, guys, you're brown in this white world. You'll have to work harder at school and work harder at work. It's funny. Boys got away with it, I feel, because they were also athletes. And, you know, this is the U.S., you've got boys who are good at sports they tell me mom that once you've reached a certain level and shown how smart you are nobody cares i've always told them you know anybody who says anything to you just say you know i'm
1: as american as any of you when her kids were still growing up, 9/11 was a reminder that they were not white Americans, and that their mother's native country is the Islamic Republic of Pakistan. I was scared
2: for all of them. I do have to admit, other kids would be tough and mean on them and on me. They they got a few words here and there. I. Honestly, I was very
1: lucky. A lot of my neighbors came up to me and said, you know, please don't worry. Like their mother, all three of her children have earned their MBAs. She pushed
2: us. I mean, without her, I think I'd be nowhere. And that's why this whole literacy thing is the most meaningful thing, because it just completely uplifted and changed her life and her world.
1: Moms, children, and language. The core of Literacy Achieves.
0: You've been listening to When I Got Here, Untold Immigrant Stories, a production of Literacy Achieves where we provide English literacy programs for immigrant and refugee families in Dallas. To learn more about our mission and these podcasts, visit our website at literacyachieves.org. Oh